Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the In Squash podcast. I'm your host, Jerry Gibson, and it's episode 208 today with none other than former world number one and current Drexel Dragons head coach, John White. And what a fantastic chat we had uh, today. This this is the uh, second appearance John's made on the podcast. The first one is absolutely amazing as well, and he does not disappoint. He shows up big once again, and for very good reason. I think he's, uh, you know, has good reason to hold his head high uh, after the season he just had with Drexel. Uh, He came on uh, as head coach of that uh, program, actually uh, launched the the squash program there for Drexel in 2010 or 11, I believe. And uh, the the program has just grown and gone from strength to strength within with uh, each uh, subsequent season. And this season uh, it all really came together. The ladies got to the Howe Cup final, losing to Harvard in a very well-fought final match although the score may not uh, you know at first glance might not indicate that it certainly was a hard fought match and then the men also finishing uh, seventh in the college squash uh, rankings uh, there and that uh, is a feat in and of itself as well so we talk about both the men's and women's seasons but in particular uh, the women's fantastic run that they had and uh, how that all came together for them Uh, we also take a look at uh, what's coming up uh, in in the near future for the team and uh, John's growth uh, how he views his evolution uh, as a coach he didn't actually start at um, at Drexel as head coach there he got his college uh, stripes a little bit earlier uh, a few years earlier than that so he talks about how it all started for him as a college coach and how he's grown and how he's evolved and how he's continuing uh, you know to grow and learn as a coach and how that's rubbed off on his team and his players and then of course uh, you know with John being one of my most favorite uh, uh, players coming from that generation when I was really following the program pro game obviously uh, with JP as uh, people who've listened to this podcast a lot know uh, my affinity uh, to towards uh, Jonathan Power well he competed against uh, Johnny White and the two of them had uh, electrifying games they, they were box off well a lot of those guys were anyways but Johnny especially and uh, he he indulges me I ask him a few questions about the those glory days about the times uh, his matches against Power against the likes of uh, David Palmer his uh, world championship uh, final match where you know he de- he describes uh, David as, as his uh, bogeyman but uh, an incredible career he had as a pro he got to world number one and uh, at a time when there were so many great players uh, as I mentioned JP Peter Nickel Jonathan Power sorry just mentioned JP um, Thierry Linku Amr Shabana uh, the list goes on a young Gregory Gaultier uh, so many uh, big names there that he had to contend with and he uh, got to number one in the world so we take a look back at all of that and then also uh, very interestingly uh, John gives us his take on the pro game today and officiating today as compared to uh, what it was like back in his day and as we know there was a bit of banter uh, back in the day as well uh, lets and strokes and uh, were called a bit differently back then. I think there were things were a bit more liberal in terms of what was a let, what was a stroke. Uh, they may have gotten away with a bit more, but now with video technology, uh, Johnny takes a look at uh, how that's changed the game in terms of officiating. And we look at the pro game as well, uh, both the men's and the women's uh, players today and what he likes about uh, the current scene. So I know you're going to like this one. I know I did. Episode 208. 
08 with Drexel Dragons head coach and former world number one, John White. Jerry, hey, guy, mate. Hey, John, how are you? Yeah, good, good, good. good Can you hear me man. well? All's well, all's well. Good to see you. Yeah, you too, you too. Yeah, yeah, everything uh, going okay over there in uh, Philadelphia these days. The, the yeah. basketball season's coming to a, an exciting uh, conclusion. Now you've got uh, James Harden in the lineup. Oh, uh, do you yeah. follow the, the press? <laughs> do you uh, follow no, the, uh, every, the every, now, every now and again, I'll switch it on, but I'm not a diehard follower. But you know, it's the uh, hype with, with, with Harden here was just ridiculous. So I haven't yet gone to a match or a game. So I should just to sort of get involved with things. <laughs> well, he, he's a bit of a polarizing uh, figure. I would, uh, oh, every sport has yeah. them. Yeah, it's huge, it's huge. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, so great. how's everything over there? Yeah, yeah, it's good. Uh, I'm I'm in Dubai. I think you might remember that. Things are starting to warm up a bit now. I'm uh, sure. You know, the squash courts are still air-conditioned, and uh, the (laughs) golf is still decent golfing weather. So There uh, you go. There you go. It's the best of both worlds at the moment. Uh, Mm -hmm. So, But... uh, and I was going to, uh, again, thanks for, for coming on. This is your second uh, appearance on the podcast, John. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's good. It's uh, excellent. You know, it's a, I'm like a kid. I think I said this the last time, kid in the candy store here. Yeah, yeah. Talk, <laughs> talking to one of my one of my all-time favorite players. Uh, now right. coach, you, those days are long behind you. But uh, yeah, yeah, I just yeah. want to ask you, you know, you know the, the dust, uh, I'm just wondering, has the dust settled uh, at all after this uh, fantastic season that you just had? Uh, with with Drexel, or has it been, uh, you know, now you're moving on to uh, pretty much next season, given the fact that you're you're running uh, both the men's and women's programs there? Yeah, it's sort of, you know, died down a little bit, but it's still, you know, it's, it's still, there's still the hype about, you know, playing off on a national title, you know, going at number six and then taking out Princeton and then Trinity, you know, on a, on a Friday, Princeton, Saturday, Trinity, and to, to back up again against Harvard in the final. It's just like just the hype that through the athletic department, through the university, uh, you know, we had players on Fox 29 about how the program went and, you know, they're doing their own interviews as well as, as student athletes. So, you know, the hype of the program playing off for a national title after 10 years is, is huge. So, you know, that's, you know, it's, it's never going to get dull talking about it, that's for sure. But, you know, March the 28th, we, we're back on court. Uh, so everyone's away for spring break now. And then we're back on court the, March 28th for uh, spring practices. So never a dull moment. <laughs> yeah, no, no, that, uh, we'll get into that uh, a bit later. But what a fantastic uh, way to, uh, you know, uh, finish the year. And also, uh, you know, the men didn't do uh, that badly either. So. Uh, you know, no, they finished seventh. Yeah, that's not too bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, you know, the women's season was unbelievable, and uh, you guys qualified, obviously, uh, uh, qualifying for the 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 uh, the How Cup. I guess that's what they call it, right? The, uh, yep, the How, How Cup. Cup. And then, yeah. as you just mentioned, uh, beating Princeton and then uh, Trinity in the semi before uh, losing out to Harvard. Uh, there, I mean. I think everybody lost nine love to Harvard until you guys had played them and you managed uh, to get a game from them. And the other games were very, a couple of them were, were quite close. 
yeah. a couple of five game matches. So did you uh, have a vision of making it this this deep of a run uh, when you when things sort of kicked off at the beginning of the season or was it uh, something you you thought, you know, was possible? Yeah, you know, the start of the season, you're always going to have your goals. Um, and yes, you know, you know, definitely, you know, playing in, off for, for a national championship in that that bracket through one through eight was all, was always a definite. And then it was like, you know, okay, the players and the teams that are out there um, and who we're playing against, um, you know, we, we thought, you know, two top four finishes would, would be great. So at the very beginning, you know, we actually did think that with – uh, the preseason rankings that did come out, uh, who we're up against, what the players were, what we were going to be doing as coaches to get everyone to the next level and what we thought they needed to to, to get better at. Um, you know, the guys sort of, you know, they, they, did, they finished seventh, they went in ranked eight and they ended up beating UVA for the seventh and eighth spot, um, 6-3. So, uh, you know, them finishing seventh, you know, it's, it's, you know, they, 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 they could have finished a little higher, you know, to tell you the truth. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, other teams came to play and, you know, we had a few four fives through the season um, that, that hurt us, but, you know, you got to put everything on the day. And then uh, with the women, you know, going in at number six seed, um, knowing that we had to play Princeton to start with, we had played them during the season before and it was a three, six, but there was a couple of five setters. So, you know, we, we set the teams down and, you know, it wasn't like we were losing 0-9, oh, 1-8 and, and only one person going to win a match for us. You know, you, you don't go and if you had that and going into an attitude with an attitude like that, then, you know, you, you're just going there to compete and just be one of the top teams where we knew as, as coaches what the players were capable of doing and what they can do as a team. And then, you know, how they performed uh, against Princeton was, was unbelievable. They... Um, you know, they all they all just came to compete as as a team, and it was, you know, it was it was great to see. And then, um, you know, we did exactly the same thing as we did on uh, on Friday. We we did the same thing on Saturday. Everyone had breakfast. Um, they had a chat with our sports psychologist who travelled with us for maybe about twenty minutes, half an hour, just to you know clear the mind and give, get them away from the squash a little bit. And then got on the bus and got to the courts an hour before the Trinity match. Um, they knew what courts they were on, and we we pretty much said we're going to do exactly what we did yesterday. As soon as there's a court available, jump on court, have a hit. You know, it's a three court system. Those three who are playing first, jump on, get used to the courts, get used to the atmosphere, get yourselves warmed up, and you know we're just playing another. You're playing another opponent, really. Um, even though it was our semi-final berth, um, you know we're guaranteed a top four. You know, I stayed away of talking about, you know, we're in the semifinals, you know, we're here for the first time. It was all about, okay, it's another day, it's another opponent, we're going to do the same thing. You know, we're not going to change anything, we don't need to change anything. So trying to keep their mind off of it um, was, I think, uh, a huge key of, key part of, of how they performed. And then they played Trinity and we were 4-2 uh, we up and then it got back to 4 all. And then our number two, Alina Bushma, she was she was two love down uh, in the in the deciding match and it was our side at the very beginning of the match you know both Trinity side and our side and spectators you know we had it was it was a packed house uh, teams stayed on extra uh, after their matches to to come and watch the Trinity Drexel match and 
you know, at Love 2, you know, to Love Down, it was like, well, okay, our girls were a little bit quiet, Trinity's, you know, thinking they're, they're going to get to the final. And then all of a sudden, you know, Alina came on on the third game, a completely different player. And it was, I've never seen a match turn to be one-sided in a crucial match. You know, it's like, it's nothing like I've ever come up against, you know, when you're playing your own individual matches, you know, you play the circuit for seven, I played the circuit for 17 years. It's like, you know, you're too loved down. You've got maybe one or two people in your corner, you know, that, that you're either right. traveling with or your buddies who are coaching you. Right. So, um, but you know, they've got, you know, they've got Alina had 12 other teammates yelling and screaming for her. And she had another 15 players screaming against her and she had a huge crowd, and then she walked on court and, and um, it was, it was I think it was like 11-5, 11-4. And she was up 10-love in the fourth game. Wow. So, and then she ended, and the fifth game was, it was, it was close, like, you know, at the first couple of points. But then she, once she started to pull away, that was, it was the end game. And then once she won the last point, it was, it was, it was chaos. It was <laughs> arms went up, girls started screaming. Alina came off court and started hugging everybody. Then they all ran back on court as a team. And, you know, it was tears of joy and everything else. And then uh, and then back to the hotel. And I'm like, listen, you know, guess what? Back to, you know, back doing the same thing tomorrow. You know, we're not going to change anything. But, uh, you know, but that that in itself, that, uh, that the second day back up from, you know, 6-3 against Princeton, and then, then, a, then, a, then a huge 5-4 against Trinity to playing off the next day at a, at, for a national title is it's something that's going to, it's obviously history for us. Um, you know, it's, you know, it's going to go down in our history books of it's been 10 years, but now, now we're about to play off for a national championship against Harvard number one, you know, yeah. so, why, you know, so. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Still is, still is very exciting. So. Yeah, I've got goosebumps now already uh, as well. So, uh, yeah, there's a lot. I mean, there's a lot you said there. Uh, I just want, I mean, there's something you mentioned earlier that I wanted to sort of ask you a little bit about that, but uh, about the sports psychology side of things. And you know, I, I can just remember, you know, my uh, my playing days, which were sort of provincial county uh uh, well, in, in Nova Scotia, Canada, uh, but uh, yeah, there were glory days in that regard. But uh, I just remember, like the match, my biggest wins during those times. I just remember I was just so happy and and not even like I I'd be out telling jokes with my buddies before you know hour before the match, just laughing my ass off. Then I go in. Uh, I, I can remember this when I was like eighteen or something, and I'd just beaten a guy I'd never beaten before, three love. And it was like, boom, how did that happen? I, I just went after the match, like, how did I do that? And then I, you know, having, you know, in hindsight, it was that preparation of not having really been thinking about that match or, you know, the, the not being stressed out about it or no pressure, just go in, boom, and play. Is that sort of the, what you're getting at in terms of the sports psychology? Obviously there's more to it than that, but. Uh, yeah. Well, that was, that was one of the, huge key aspects for us during this season was, you know, obviously it's, you know, their students first and their athletes are second, right? So there's a lot they have, you know, going off court with their exams. And when we travel away, they're, they're you know, some of them missing classes, you know, some of them, you know, it could be, you know, midterms for them. So they've got so much more on their plate. So 
you know, this year what we did was, you know, it was it was more obviously there's a lot on court and off court, but the mental side of it and just trying to get them engaged in what they need to do as an individual first and then what they need to do as a teammate and what they need to do as a team themselves. Um, and so we, our sports psychologist, you know, she, during the season, she came down once every two weeks, three weeks, just to have a, you know, a 15, 20 minute chat with the girls. We wouldn't be there. You know, we started off and say, okay, you know, we would tell our uh, psychologist, you know, what, what week is, uh, you know, what matches are coming up or, you know, what we are feeling as coaches. And then she, she would just take it and they would go and sit on the squash court. And she would give them stuff to do. She would give them talking points. She would give them sort of sometimes little arts and crafts to do of, of writing stuff down and drawing stuff about about their teammates, you know, what they like about a teammate and giving them praise and then just going around the circle and have everyone talk about it, but also doing group exercises to bring them together, you know, when they're traveling, you know, they're sitting on a bus for six hours. It's like... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Then in a hotel together, so you're living out of his pocket, out of each other's pockets, twenty four seven, and you're watching each other compete. So you know she, the, the sports psychologist, and it was the first time that we've travelled with our sports psychologist to a not just a weekend of matches, but to our national title, a national championship. So, and that was every day where you know, you know, she travelled with on the bus, and then we had breakfast both days, uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, we did exactly the same thing. We had breakfast and then they all met in the hotel room and uh, Madeline, our uh, sports psychologist, she, we left the room and we let them discuss whatever they wanted to discuss to get themselves together as a team. And then, you know, half an hour later, we were on the bus uh, ready to go. And that was, you know, that's sort of it's to try and get your mind away from what is happening is, is the key because you can think about it 24-7, you know, I remember my, some of my first major tournaments, you, you're thinking about it, you walk on the squash court and you've already played the match. <laughs> you know, you've, you've played <laughs> it over and over about, you know, what you should be doing, what you shouldn't be doing, what who you're playing, all this and that, and you walk on the squash court and you forget what you should be doing. And then that's, that, that mental side of it is, you know, it's, it's tough to get over, but once you've got some sort of game plan and you've got some sort of, uh, trigger point, which he's worked on a lot with the players, and they've they've really enjoyed it. They've really bought into the idea of you know what they're working on individually can also help them in, in a team environment, which college squash is all about. You know, yes, it's an individual sport when you walk on the squash court, but the rest of the time, two hours a day, you're practicing with your team. You know, you're traveling with your team, you're eating with your team, you are you are part of a team. You know, when you close that door, you are competing for yourself to begin with and against your one opponent, but you're also competing for those girls who are actually competing on the other court for you as well. You know, that college squash in itself is, you know, you know, in my first couple of years, you know, there's there was a lot of breakdowns of people just thinking about, well, you know, what's happening on that court? Well, she's just lost, so I have to win, then they lose, and then all of a sudden it's like the world's going to end, you know, so yeah. because there's, there's just that there's just that pressure. Um, and, you know, it's a fine line of, of, of letting them all know that, okay, yeah, you are playing another match tomorrow, but, you know, everyone has a name of the school. It's Harvard, Trinity, Princeton, Yale, whoever it may be, but, you know, you push all that aside and they just, they're just a squash player. 
and you've got your game strategy, you go out there and play. If you play better on the day, that's 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 all we ask, hundred percent. And who knows what can happen? So. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, you had, a, a, as you mentioned, a, a very good season with the ladies. There was a, I think it was around December, January, though. Uh, there was a period. I think you played two away matches against, um, was it? Yeah, maybe Princeton. Yeah, in Columbia. Columbia, yeah, and then you played following that at home against Harvard. Three yeah. tough matches, three matches that you lost, but I'm just wondering as a coach and as a team, uh, did that really sort of lay the groundwork for what would come uh, later on in the season? Definitely, you know, it's, it's you know, we played, you know, that first weekend of December before the break, we played, um, uh, what was it, we, we travelled up to play Columbia, you know, and, 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 and the guys lost four five and the girls girls lost three six but there was you know matches that went to five and you know we could have won it you know and then that talking point of you know it was we weren't you know you're not singling out anybody you're sort of you know making you know making it clear that you know they got involved a little bit more of of you know you know playing a referee you know sometimes or they're wondering about what is actually happening off the court you know the amount of times they would be looking out the court to see what was happening and you know, I'm discussing with them between games. Don't worry about what your teammate's doing. You, you can't help him and he's not going to help you. You can help him by going back on your court. And there was a few, you know, heavy discussion points that we, we sort of hit on and then went up to Yale. And the, and the same thing happened to Yale at the beginning of the year. You know, and then we had a Harvard. Um, and the Harvard match was, I guess, one of the turning points in the new year of how they played really well as a team. You know, and putting aside some of the results they had that, you know, as a coach, I've got to let them know, yes, you, you should have won that match, you know, or you, we should have won that as a team match. You know, it can only hurt us, but now we've got to go seriously back to the drawing board. That was a 7-2, um, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. Yeah, and a few uh, really close uh, games that were uh, that you ended up losing, sim- yeah. uh, maybe similar to the, the final, although that was a yeah. – yeah. yeah. And, and so, you know, we touched on that about, you know, what, what they could do and, and how close some of the matches were. You know, same as, you know, we go back to the final against Harvard uh, for the women. The first round with the three matches, you know, two of them went to five. You know, if we had have won those two, which, you know, it, 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 was, it was the first three matches that were on were just, they were just all, it was electrifying. It was, you know, it, it came down to the wire and it was, you know, it was a little bit of a downer once we lost them and you could really feel the atmosphere of Harvard because, you know, I know Mike Wade very well and you know, <laughs> played against him against when he was coaching Jonathan Power and traveling. So, you know, he, we had a chat after the final and he says, you know, the key for them was winning. Uh, they wanted to go and win one of the first three matches and they ended up winning three of the first three matches, but mm. two of them were in five. So if we had have been, 2-1 after that first round, which is the, first, the, the two matches that are on, on the court that I was at. You know, we lost, you know, we were picked in the fifth, 11-9, 11-8 in the fifth. So it wasn't like it was a, a three-love whopping, but who knows? I'm not saying it's going to change anything, but, you know, it was, you know, if we had gone up 2-1 in the first round with, you know, six matches to play, it makes it very interesting. Mm. Yeah, I would imagine it sort of yeah it would inspire uh, inspire the team in, in a big way to to have a bit of a yeah. lead like that. But, yeah, definitely. 
How, how, how does that play out? I mean, uh, you've seen it now for a number of years where, you know, you win a few matches and then it just continues to go that way. And then maybe you lose a few matches and perhaps you, you lose some that you shouldn't have thereafter. Yeah, every, every, every season is pretty much the same where, the, you know, there's a few little hiccups, you know, and the, those hiccups, are, you know, the team's just lost that little sort of edge of, yeah, okay, you know, maybe this match is going to be a little bit too easy for us, you know, or maybe this is going to be a match we should win before even getting there, you know, before even jumping on the squash court, you know, you know, or, you know, you know, the, the biggest, the biggest area that we, we always bring up to the teams is, uh, you know, you know, there's some players who will think that, well, so-and-so is going to win it two, four, six and eight. So, you know, I may not have to put in that much for it. Yeah. You know, so that, and then those of you, you know, because the first, if we play it, if we play ten courts, if we play a five court system. You got two rounds of matches on each court, so you can have the two, four, six, eight, and ten matches going first. So the ten matches are dead rubber. You could win those first four round, four four matches. You got four zero. You still need one more match. And then you know, kid, you know, players that age the eighteen to twenty one think, well, we've already won it, right? <laughs> I've been there, done that before. <laughs> yeah. And then all of a sudden, it gets to like you know two four three, four, then those players who are on the squash court, knowing what the score is, because they're always asking, they come off the court and I'm just like, you don't need to know what's going on there. You win this, you're fine. That's all. Don't worry about what's going on the next score because if you think it's all going to come down to your match, you know, some players, you know. Care of your, your business. They, they, yeah. they shit themselves. <laughs> so, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And, and that's it. Or, you know, you know, some, sometimes you go down 4-0, 0-4 and, four, and you know, some players walk on court thinking, well, we, we can't win. Well, you can if you put it together and you just go out there and worry about your own your own game and your own win and what your strategy is, then you can always pull it back, you know, and you always go through those little hiccups from the season of, you know, sometimes you've got to lay down the law and you pick practice up, you know, okay, we're going to do, you know, two sessions a day now instead of one because you just need that wake-up call again. You know, yeah. We all we all need that wake up call of okay. I feel, you know, you guys aren't giving me 100 percent of practices. You know, it's gone a little bit too easy. Your coach has been a little bit too easy on you. Okay, guess what? I'll see you tomorrow morning at seven o'clock in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, exactly. <laughs> so you so you have to yeah 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 yeah. Yeah. Well, you uh, you took over in uh, was 20. Well, not took over. You said the, the program started in 2010, I believe. Yeah. And uh, I guess, you know, you had had some college uh, coaching experience a few years prior to that. But uh, since 2010, up until now, uh, you know, what have you learned uh, uh, about yourself as a coach? Uh, obviously you've evolved quite a bit, uh, since then. And, uh, you know, where, where, where were you then and where are you now in terms of, uh, you know, coach Johnny White? Yeah. <laughs> um, still the same funny character, that's for sure. Uh, but you know, it's, it's that enjoyment, um, that, that fun side that you get out of, out of coaching, you know, I'm never going to change. It's like, but it's, it's, you know, starting, in the college squash, you think you can do the same thing year in, year out. But I've learned over the years that it's it's the culture you've got to bring to the program, knowing that each and every player that you bring onto the program, each new kid every single year is going to fit into the program. 
you know, they've got to be able to adapt to the different cultures, you know, domestic and international players that we have and the different cultures that are here and there and what each player brings and that they're going to play for each other. Um, and then, you know, it's, you know, we don't train exactly the same. You know, it's, it's you try and say, okay, we're going to do this for one week. We're going to do this the next week. You know, you get some players who, you know, you know, there's, there's some who are injured, you know, so you have X amount of players come to one practice session. You may not have a full squad. So you've got to mix it up a little bit. And then also what I've found is, you know, every so often we've brought in, let's just have a fun day. They come down, they sit behind one of the courts and we're like, what do you guys want to do today? And they're like, what? Like, if you don't play doubles, go and play cross-court game, challenge the coach, do nothing, go and do solo, you know, let's, let's just do something fun for the next an hour and a half, whatever they want. Yeah. They actually do more on that day because they have fun with doing it. But it's that like there's no pressure of, okay, we're going to do this drill or we're going to work on target hitting or we're going to work on pressure feeding or, you know, it's just like, okay, what do you guys and girls want to do? Where you go, go and have fun. You know, that sort of, it breaks it up completely of for the next week, they're, they're actually enjoying it, knowing that, okay, you know, it's, 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 there's a little bit of fun and games in here, you know, so that in itself, I've, I've sort of developed over the last, you know, three or four seasons of it's because it's, it's the same as what I used to do as well. You know, there's mm-hmm. been weeks where it's like, you know what, I'm just going to do something else. You know, I don't want to go and do this. It's like, it's not like I'm not doing anything, but it's making it a little bit of fun knowing that I'm still going to go hit a squash ball, whether it's, okay, I just want to play three-quarter court today or I want to play cross-court game today or, you know, I'm just going to go and hit, you know, balls for half an hour and then go home. You know, it's something, it's, it, it just completely breaks it up from the, the grind of, of what it is, you know, especially with the student-athletes. It's like... You can, you know, I can easily find out now that, you know, when they come to practice, you know, I know when it's exam week, when it's midterms, you know, some have got a lot of exams. So, you know, the pressures they've got and what's going through their mind, it's good just to, you know, clear their mind, which is, which is, I think is crucial to keep, to keep them engaged. You know, it's too easy to put too much pressure on them about the, okay, we need to go and win this. We, we need to beat this team. We need to, it's not about beating. It's about, okay, let's go and perform as well as we can by leading up each week, each, you know, week in, week out of, but making it also a little more enjoyable. So, well, do, uh, do they know what they're getting themselves into when they, when you have a challenge, the coach day? Oh, they do. It's, it's our rules. <laughs> it's my rules buddy <laughs> whether it's doubles whether it's cross court game it's like you know yeah yeah, yeah. well that, I mean, they've got youtube they've probably seen uh, seen some of your uh your 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 highlights out there right yes yeah they're always saying about uh, they'll do a corkscrew they'll do a skid boast or something look at me i'm just like that's fine if it works it works yeah. The one, the one rally, the one, one of my favorites, it's probably not one of your favorites, but it's the, the Peter Nick, the rally against uh, Peter Nickel, the, the one, I forget. Uh, the tournament the champions. champions. Yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. Like I have no other, I still have yet to see a rally like that since. I mean, yeah. what, how were you feeling after that? Uh, oh, I see. Obviously it was a. <laughs> I was winded before that rally. Then that rally came out and I was winded even more so when I dived. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's, it's something I enjoy doing, and I've had a, I've had a couple of characters throughout the years here at Drexel who who dive around the court like that as well. 
Yeah. And they come off and they got blood on their elbows. And I'm so like, all right, go back. If you need to dive, you go and dive. Where you go, yeah. I don't mind. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. 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 You're the king. <laughs> as, long, as long as you get the ball back, you can do what you want. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, there, there are some prolific divers out there, uh, you know, obviously the cannonball and guys like that. But uh, that particular dive in that in that game, I don't think there's been one uh, like it. No, I don't think anyone else has flown across the court that much. <laughs> no. <Not> that <laughs> and, uh, you know, to be honest, I, I, that was a borderline no let. It was, yeah. He should have played it. He should have played, played it. it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Maybe he felt sorry it, for it. He, he didn't want, played, he probably want you to dive it. again. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. If he had played it, he would have won the rally because I was dead. But when he stopped the ball, I was like, okay, I, I'll, I'll use this as a breather. I like yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> was it, would, I, I forget. Was it? Did they give him a stroke there? They probably did, right? No, it was just, it was just a let. Good, good. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It was just a let. Yeah. 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 Okay. Because back then, you guys got a lot, got away with a bit more, uh, I think. Uh, uh, but we'll we'll get into that later. <laughs> if, uh, but yeah. But anyway, so um, yeah, so tremendous year, uh, uh, Johnny, and uh, just all the best going forward. I guess uh, you know this this sort of proved to both men's and women's teams that you guys, uh, you know, you're capable of uh, you know competing at the very highest level. You know, obviously the women are right there, and, and the men are there too. So uh, this gives you something to really. Uh, you know, shoot for for next season. You know, oh yeah, for sure. Go for for the big one. Yeah, definitely. Yep, yep. yep. What to play for now? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, now, if you don't mind, if you don't mind indulging me, uh, I wouldn't mind uh, uh, talking a bit about the uh, the old days, uh, if that's okay. Uh, yep. now, I remember the last time we we spoke, there were a couple of interesting uh, topics that we discussed, and. Um, just wanted, just wanted to know, uh, just before get into those, who uh, back in the day, who were the guys that you, um, you sort of, who were the guys you enjoyed playing uh, the most? Uh, now I know you you had success against my my buddy uh, JP. Uh, you got uh, at least uh, late, you know, uh, you know later on, anyways. Uh, but also, uh, I'd also want to ask you who were who was your bogeyman as well. Uh, the players I played against, you know, I didn't really have, you know, I, I, I enjoyed playing against all of them. You know, there was obviously you get Peter Nichols, Armin Shafana, David Palmer, you know, Tierra Linku, and then, you know, you've, you've got, you know, Anthony Ricketts was coming through, and it's, it's. The, I think my bogeyman, you know, is a probably a buddy of mine. Well, he's a buddy of mine, David Palmer. You know, yeah. where you know losing him the worlds, um, you know, that that was probably the bogeyman of of the tour. You know, there was nobody that I didn't really enjoy playing. You know, I got the most out of playing anybody. Got a lot of enjoyment playing out of power with with power. That's for sure. With yeah. all the antics that went on, but two entertaining um, uh, players there. Yeah. What's that? Two enter very entertaining uh, players uh, and very skilled players. Yeah, like, definitely. Yeah, and all, all and, and you know, completely opposite players. You know, of, of yeah. what they did with the angles, the pace, and everything else that came with it, and. and just the mental side of playing, you know, the like that, that, that's an interest. You and JP are an interesting dynamic because you're both so offensive. Uh, yeah. I mean, you especially, but but both very offensive minded and you know, angles and deception and and, mm -hmm. and you with the pace and the angles and everything. Uh, uh, that yeah. was was always you knew it was a box office every time you played. Yeah, time. definitely. Yeah, I I think he enjoyed playing me and I enjoyed playing him because we'd open the court up for each other to. 
put in another angle, which we liked. You know, you play against Power and, I mean, you play against uh, Nickel and, and and Palmer, like even like likes of, of Anthony Ricketts is, they're not they're not going to open the court up that much for you to, what I would call have fun and go for an angle or, or try for an angle and bring the pace into it. Where you know against you know Shabana opened the court up a little bit more for us, and but but Power, you know he he'd open the court up because he would like to play the angles also. You know, yeah. so every 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 player out there had different characteristics that you enjoyed and sometimes didn't like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now you uh, you told the story uh, I think last time you were on the about your early days and how you almost gave up uh, the game. Uh, uh, I believe I think I think like early on before you you hit the tour big time. Uh, so just wondering if you could uh, retell that one uh, for us, sort of. Uh, what you were sort of what, where you were at, what place you were at at that time, and then uh, what enabled you? What was the catalyst that got you to sort of turn that corner and and uh, have the career that you had? Yeah, it was um, middle of this, uh, middle of '97, uh, actually. Um, you know, I guess traveling around so much and ins and outs of the hotels and. Um, you know, just it, it became it became more of a drag for me, and it was like, you know, it's it's it was probably the only time in my career that I was fifty fifty of getting the enjoyment out of it. It was I was struggling to get enjoyment out of it, even though um, I could try and find enjoyment out of anything. It was like, yeah, I, I still still to this day I still love traveling. You know, I still love going to different play, even with the college team now. It's like. I still enjoy traveling up to Boston. I still enjoy getting on the bus. You know, it's, it's, you go into a different place, you know, exactly what's, what's happening up there or wherever you may be traveling. So I went back, you know, I went back to Australia, to Brisbane and, and, uh, became like a counselor at one of the Australian sport houses. Um, got myself a full-time job, uh, put the rackets away, didn't play squash for quite some time. Um, and then I just ride my bike to and from work, come home, go back to work, do whatever. And, but then, then it's sort of, um, you know, sort of uh, at the end of 97, I guess, um, uh, I started playing squash again and really, really enjoyed it. I thought, well, okay, I've saved up a little bit of money now and, you know, I'll, I'll go back on the tour and went back on the tour. Um, really, really enjoyed it again. So felt, felt the urge of, uh, squash wasn't sort of, um, you know, it, it was it was more of a business now, but I was still getting a lot of enjoyment out of it. Knew what I had to do, knew the travels, everything else, and and um, and didn't look back. I think it was a very good break of uh, you know resetting. You know, and I'm glad I reset and went back the same way I I uh, <laughs> I, I had to reset from, but in a, in a different frame of mind of um, I guess the expectations of yeah, you know, we, you know, you've been a professional athlete, you know, you want to go to the top of of whatever career you're playing, whatever sport you're playing, but whether that takes two years or whether that takes five years, if you if you've got the drive and determination and know what what it takes and what you need to do to get there, then you know, and, and I was I was happy to and you know. Still enjoying back, this. Back in those journey. early days, John, yeah. did you uh, I, like? Did you have uh, expectations, like high expectations, of yourself uh, before you took time away from the game, and it was just a bit frustrating? Was that uh, how it was sort of? Played yeah, out? a little bit because you're looking at the rankings, you're looking at uh, 
who you traveled with, who who's around your ranking, what tournaments they're playing. You sort of you're always looking at the rankings of well, if I get to this quarterfinal or if I can qualify for this major, you know, these are my points or this is where my ranking should go. Then all of a sudden, you know, you don't qualify. Then all of a sudden you don't see your ranking go up. Then all of a sudden you see others around you move 20, 30 spaces in front of you. Then they get to play more tournaments. They get to enter more tournaments, this and that. So a lot of it went into it of, you know, of just looking too far ahead before, before the results were there as opposed to just, you know, what I'm trying to get into the co- these college kids is just l- let your game talk. The rankings will sort itself out. Your level will sort yourself out. You go and we can always look forward at the start of the season and say, yeah, I want to be number one. Let, well, we, we want to play for national title again. But, you know, you, you can look at each match, you know, <laughs> yeah. one match first, the next match the second, just the same as how we, how we talked to the women's team at, at our nationals this year, a few weeks ago. It's another day. We're doing exactly the same thing. We'll just we'll figure out what we have to do tomorrow after today, you know. Yeah. So and that's that was my attitude after that long break of okay, well, these are the tournaments, um, you know, and really calculated what tournaments I wanted to play, structured of what tournaments I are going to get into with my rankings and what is really going to help the ranking. And yeah, there are other, you know, you want to play every single tournament there is, but you can also outplay yourself because you burn yourself out. So. Yeah. All right. Yeah, and I wanted to ask you about the, uh, your thoughts on today's game. Today's PSA, obviously, full of talent. We've got a new uh, a non-Egyptian uh, male number one, which is a uh, which is absolutely amazing, awesome. and a yeah. lot of great uh, young talent coming up as well, and still uh, packed full of Egyptians too. So uh, I'm just. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's interesting because back in your day, it was pretty much, you know, there were, it was Kareem Darwish, you had uh, Whale El Hindi, Amr, uh, uh, yep, yep, yep. and uh, Barada before him, but uh, not that many, but now, but anyhow, just wondering uh, how you rate, uh, you know, how, not, not rate, but uh, I guess compare the, the tour of today to the, to what it was like back in your day. Um. Yeah, it's, you know, you like to say this, you know, we had more talent back then, but you can't. It's the way the the generations are going. But, you know, the way, I guess, the Egyptians are taking control of the the world tour, both men's and women's, is is full credit to what they're doing at a junior level um, and what is on offer for uh, the Egyptian squash players. You know, the amount of major tournaments that are in, 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 in Egypt and small tournaments, that they can all play is awesome. You know, it's the same as when, when I was playing the tour, you know, we had three or four major tournaments uh, in Egypt that we would go and play. So, you know, and that's when, you know, you get the Arma Bradas come through, then you get the Shambanas and the Kareem Darwish. So they, they've always supported their top players, you know, and, and that's exactly what they're doing now. Um, you know, and I guess the level of play, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's really, really fast and furious. Mm. You know, the, the, the only thing that I, I, I dislike about the tour this day and age is, is how they've taken away the qualifying. So mm-hmm. they've taken the qualifying away and they've, you know, they're, they're trying to, and I, I get where they're coming from of they're trying to protect the top players of, you know, and a few more, you know, there's buys for the top players to get into the second round, which is fine. But the it's, it's, I believe they've lost a little bit of, of who's coming through next, you know, unless you, you're following, and all these ten thousand, twenty thousand dollar tournaments or forty thousand dollar tournaments are on 
PSA Live, you're not going to see the upcoming kids until they're actually in the draw where when we were coming through, yes, it was a little bit longer um, and maybe a little bit of a harder road, but um, the qualifying showed who the next generation was coming through. Mm. You know, it showed who could get through the qualifying and then maybe get to a first round, second round or quarters. Yeah, there were those who did that back then too. I, I can remember a few occasions where guys would go right through to the final from qualifying. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Where at the moment you don't get to see that side of the qualifying. You know, you the the major challenge have have the top forty eight only that get there. Um, you know, it's it'd be nice to 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 have the qualifying back just to if it can be if it's feasible through the tournament and everything. But you know. Going back to where the tour is now, it's you know it's there's a lot more money, which is great to see. You know, it's a, it's players are making a decent living now. Not that you couldn't make a decent living back then, but I think there's a little bit more prize money for the top players now, and and, and a lot more prize money on offer. Um, you know, and it's and it's great to see. I think when I was playing, we had maybe 350, maybe 400 on the PSA. Uh, list now there's i think 750 maybe 800 on the on the the psa um calendar uh, uh rankings which is awesome to see obviously the growth of it and there's more players wanting to play psa so you know you know yeah yeah guys uh, uh, that i enjoy watching uh, and girls i i really enjoy uh Noran Gohar, she's uh, amazing to watch, uh, extremely athletic, ferocious on the court. Uh, the guys, one of the my favorite guys to watch is um, Yusuf Ibrahim, a guy that you, you've probably seen around. Just, he plays, I don't think I've ever seen anyone play like him, the way, you know, left-handed, left I believe. And, That's the other Princeton, yeah. Uh, yep. And just the way he approaches the game, extremely attacking, extremely fast, uh, unpredictable. Uh, uh, I like Cole and, and uh, uh, Saul. We, we, who are guys that uh, – Saul's been a bit of a polarizing <laughs> figure as well these days. A little, a little bit, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't kind of get why, but, uh, you know, he does have movement issues, I guess. But, um, you know, uh, but who are, who are the players that you uh, – sort of enjoy uh, watching amongst the, the, the um, guys. You know, there's, there's not one that I, or there's, you know, there's, I think every time I would click on PSA live, the, the girls game, love watch the women's game now. It's, yeah. it's, it's a, it's a lot more attacking and it shows the athleticism that, that has always been there. And the players aren't too scared of, of attacking. You know, you, you do, you do get uh, some of the, some of the ones who just, retrieve a little more and play the basic game of squash, but the, the way the squash is is changing the moment with the the pace of the game, the angles. Um, and then you, you look at the, the guy's game, you know, you get poor Cole. It's awesome to see, you know, a non-Egyptian, not to say that you don't want to see an Egyptian at number one, but they have ruled the roost for quite some time. So it's about time they stood aside just for a little bit. You know, they are... <laughs> They're going to come back and in force, that's for sure, to get the, the number one spot back. But you know what Paul Cole has done uh, to get to the world number one, playing pretty much Egyptians all the way through. You know, yeah. you got you got Macon in there, who's also he's he's just a machine. Where you know they do have shots here and there, but it's just the engine that they've got inside that yeah. just keeps on going, and they 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 will outlast. You know. It was a little bit of a shock that um, Canary Wharf that uh, 
uh, Paul Cole lost to uh, Victor Crone, uh, two love, 11-7, but you know, Victor in his comments. The talent that you have to deal with. uh, Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, it's, it's, it's Harvard and and Yusuf yeah. Ibrahim, who if, if if the ball's two inches off the side wall, he, he's going for an angle, but he yeah. he sees an angle. You know, he reminds you of what what Remy assured you. And he sees the angle, so he goes for it, and he knows he knows there's a shot he can play, and he doesn't just tap the ball. He he gives it a good wallop. You know, to see him play college squash and play against him is you know it'd be like I would just sit there and I tell my player, you know, good luck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Play, but you know, or just keep the ball and play. You know, he'll 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 give you a few a few errors. But you know, I think the game the game this day and age is you know it is it is a very very attacking game. And the one great thing that PSA has done is is there's a few more rest days. You know, so that's that's Absolutely. the rest and recover of what the squash guys and girls do to their body and put their body through. Um. Uh. Because I think Noor Al Shabini, I think she's just pulled out of uh, the British Open and the uh, uh, the next tournament due to injury. So yeah, did you see that? Did you see her the first uh, the first game of the final of Canary Wharf between her? No, and I didn't. No, I didn't see that. Well, what a game! It was it was fourteen twelve or something. Uh, Gohar won, but it was a well well fought uh, game, and then she just. Something I think it was her hip or something. She oh, really? oh, so she, she pulled out of that. Oh, I didn't see that one. No. Uh, uh, she retired in the third, uh, third game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But uh, the so first just, game was the best squash of the tournament, if you yeah. ask. Just yeah. amazing. Yeah. Yeah, and that's one of the things that the players are doing now with the bodies. It's, it's the, the, you know, it's the game is evolving. Where there's there's so much attacking squash going on now, where you know. Even when I was playing, you know, you play certain players where it's a grueling match, but it's like you're just going through the routines of the movement here and there where at the moment it's like you matter stop, start twisting and turning that these big guys and the, and the girls are doing to their bodies. It's, it has to take its toll. And they're not just doing it, you know, one week and then having four weeks off. You know, there's, 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 some, there's some big tournaments that are back-to-back, which, you know, it's, it's a rest and recover that these athletes, you know, need that is is required uh to get them to the next level because you have to like you know you have one tough tournament it's like you know you, to win a tournament these days it's like four or five days of grueling squash you know you yeah. can play Paul Cole one day you can play Yusuf Ibrahim another day it's like I think at the British Open you've got um Diego Ilias playing um Yusuf Ibrahim first round I think first it round. is and uh the set and then you've got Paul Cole playing um who's Yasuki plays a Saul in the first round. Uh, and they play, that's that's the first round of the British Open. Yeah, which that could be the two it's semifinals, if, if, if yeah, whatever. But then they yeah. got to back up and play the next day, which is like it's that's that's brutal in itself. Which is good to see at an early 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 round of the tournaments. But it's also what they're putting their bodies through, and then you know they could win the tournament, but then two days later they're hmm. you know back on court preparing for the next tournament. Because that speaks to what you were mentioned, what you mentioned earlier about qualifying. Like you, you wouldn't have that scenario if there were a qualifying round. You'd have a feed in, and then they would play. Yeah, feed in, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Without the buys, and you know, but it's you know, it, it could work out. You know, it could be the best for the sport where it, it brings more money in. But mm. you know, the, the sad part, you know, there's there's so many younger kids that are they just they just can't get into a five thousand or a ten thousand even when they're starting off a PSA. 
just because a lot of the other, you know, players that are 100 through 200, they're playing those tournaments. You know, yeah. so, you know, it's, it's, but it's, you know, hopefully more tournaments, you know, hopefully after the pandemic is completely over and, and, and travel is completely open and we're back to, we're getting back to normal. So, you know, obviously it, it has hit squash the hardest, um, uh, the pandemic, but, you know, PSA is doing a good job of getting it back up and going. And Absolutely. The, the, it's, it's incredible the, what they were able to do in Egypt, eh? to have all those events going on. Uh, yep. uh, thank, thank God for Egypt. Yeah. Yep, yep. <laughs> and then who knows, maybe Australia, Australasia will get back up and going where it used to be with, mm. if, if um, you know, obviously New Zealand squash is getting behind Paul Cole and they've got a, and, and Joel King, you know, they're getting behind, they've got a $150,000 tournament that has been advertised already. So, you know, hopefully, you know, Australia can get a major tournament going and then hopefully we get the likes of Singapore, Hong Kong is going to still be on. You get the Malaysia open to get, to boost yeah. up again. Then all of a sudden, you know, it's not just all over in Egypt, which is great. Can never put that aside. Um, but there's a lot more major tournaments. And then, you know, who knows who can come out of any of those countries. You know, it's it's a boost. You know, back when I was playing like my first three, four years of the circuit, you know, there was the Aussie Open, a few smaller tournaments around the Aussie Open. We went across to New Zealand. Well, that, New Zealand that was Open. a big one. Hmm. Yeah, it was great. And then we would go across to Singapore, Malaysia, Hong Kong, Japan. And then we would go across to Europe. So it was it was a great tour for us. And then there were the three or four tournaments in Egypt. And obviously, you always had the Pakistan Open. And obviously, the World Open was there a few times. So, you know, the tour back then, hopefully, they can get the tour back now of, yeah. of where it used to be. So, yeah. But. yeah, definitely. Well, John, you've been really great with your time. I just wanted to ask you, uh, I mean, before we move, before my final question, but uh I think you'd be you'd love it out there under these conditions as a, if you were still, you know, back in your heyday. I mean, the lower ten and the the high paced rallies. I'm not being patronizing. I, th- I think you'd 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 thrive. I I think I'd fit in pretty well <laughs> if they want to. No, open the no one plays down. no one plays corkscrews out there either. You, no, they don't. No. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm waiting for someone one of these young kids to start doing a little bit of a corkscrew or a three wall boast or something rather. Wait for it. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think we need we need some Johnny White out there. <laughs> but uh, anyway, maybe maybe one of your uh, yeah, d- uh, disciples from uh, Drexel one of these days will emerge and uh, we'll see. Uh, they're working. I've got a, I've got a couple who are who are you know joining the circuit and playing the tournament, so they're they're allowed to uh, with their restrictions through college squash. But they're they're out there competing, and you know I get out there and let them know what they're. How they should be playing and what they should what what they're going to, be, to expect when they're traveling and everything else. So, doing my part to help them. That's great. Uh, but just before uh, uh, we sign off, uh, just in terms of officiating, we sort of brought it up earlier. Uh, you know how things might have been a little. Uh, it might have been a bit easier to get to get a stroke or get a let back back in your day. I don't know if you agree with that or not. But just in terms of officiating nowadays, you've got the technology, the uh, you know the video review system. Uh, in a way, uh, I think it's great, but also uh, uh, in a way, it's I, I find it slows the game down uh, a little bit too much. Uh, just wondering what you uh, what your views on that has, has officiating uh, obviously it's changed a bit but uh, do you think it's changed uh, for the better or not um, you know I'd have to say 50 50 the, the the video review is I think is great for the sport 
you know, you have a look at, you know, a tennis set, you have a look at all the other major sports, you know, they do have that video review, but sometimes it does take too long for squash where it's like they're, they're reviewing it for, they have a, they, they rewind and, you know, if you can't make it, if the, if, if the, if the officials can't make a decision with watching that replay twice over and knowing what is happening, then it's gone on too long because yeah. it, you know, you stop the game for 30 seconds. It's like, well, okay, then the players have got to go warm the ball up again and away they go. And then if they win it, they keep it, then they go and appeal again. So, you know, you can use that wisely to yourself. Sometimes some of the players don't use it as wisely as they should, but, um, you know, with the technology now, it's, it's, you know, they, it is the right time to actually, you know, still clean the game up. And I think it's, it's got a little bit worse, in my opinion, of, you know, the, the stuff that's on social media now of, you know, crucifying a cell. Well, you know, you know, does he deserve it? Sometimes, yes. Do, do others deserve it? Yes. But if, if there's that video replay and they can actually, like some other sports, you can go back and appeal that match and the officials can say, okay, yeah, this happened, that match, you've got a warning for, for your match coming up of what they call dragging a leg or, you know, you know creating your own interference. You know, then now the one rule that they brought in is that direct line access to to the ball. If you don't allow your opponent direct access to the ball, that direct line, it's supposed to be a stroke. Um, that mm. I think is lost a little bit because from what I'm seeing is you, you're getting a lot of players just running into each other's back, not even trying to go around each other. Um, they're just standing behind each other waiting for them to hit that loose ball or they're, they're waiting to hit a, a, you know, they play a boast, the other player plays a drop shot, they run into the back. You know, that to me is they're not showing they, they're trying to go around at all. They're just like saying, well, he's given up the direct line to the ball. Well, that is a fine line of what is the direct line to the ball. You know, that video replay does show a lot. Sometimes it's correct. Others it's like, well, you know, he's blatantly just run into the middle of, of the person's back. You know, it's, and it's, you know, there's too much on social media, you know, crucifying certain players for their movement. And, you know, the, the, I think the officials can do, I've always said they can they can issue a lot more warnings if they want to. Don't let it go until the fourth game or fifth game before they say warning. Because obviously if you're giving a warning then, it's happened probably, you know, 15 times beforehand. Yeah, you lay know. the groundwork early, right? Yeah, and I think with, you know, with the technology now of, of you know, being able to, you know, you know, appeal of a, a double bounce you know that's that's crucial now for the game you know you yeah. can easily you can easily see that um you know the technology is there to clean the sport up and i hope and i hope they do that they're going in the right direction that's for sure the video replay is is i'm all for it because they are sitting in the hot seat and sometimes they're not sitting really that close to the court so they don't get to see how far that ball that drop shot has come off the front wall you know, yeah. they don't see. So now that they can do the video replay of the two front corners, the two back corners, and the video up the top, it, it shows a lot. And sometimes it does catch out players of, yeah, you know, they've, they've hit a bad shot and they, mm, I'm just going to stand still. Let's see what we can do. You know, so, yeah. you know, that they, they can use the video replay, you know, to, to, to clean up the sport. That's for sure. It's, it's the right way. So. Yeah, I, I agree. Like it seems to have cleaned it up a fair bit of late. I mean, you get, like you said, you get there's still this issue with uh, you know guys standing in the in the way, standing their line instead of allowing players to get around uh, and play the ball. I just I just watched uh, 
James Willstrip play Ramia. I think it was the 2012, might have yep. been the show. Uh, in that match, there was not one appeal. There was one. Uh, Rami asked for a review right at the end of the match, at, and uh, there was no, no, not. They didn't talk back to the refs. They just played the ball. It was it was unbelievable just to to watch how those two guys, who are you know, I guess you know they're both of that temperament, right? They're not going to argue that much, anyways. But uh, that that would be uh, the ideal way to play the game, I, I think. Yeah, well, you, you've you've hit on two players who. I have utmost respect for of, of who I've competed against. Um, you know, what Rami did for the sport. You know, James is still playing. Yeah. Jesus Christ, he's like 55 years of age, but he's still playing. It's great to see, but, you know, he is he is a true gentleman of the sport. You know, he has played that way from a junior. I didn't care how tight I was or what round I played James in. It was, you just knew that it was going to be a clean game. And if you ask for that, it was only for because there was a little bit of interference or, you know, we both moved a different way. There was nothing about, you know what, I, I want to have a stroke. You know, you don't, you don't play that way. It's like, you know what, if I could play any single ball, I would try and play it. Unless I was going to hit somebody with my racket or the ball, I would play it. I'd, I'd try and play around them. Yeah. You know, same, same as James, same as Rami, you know, yeah. because they knew that if they – went around then they could play another shot this day and age I find and it happens in junior level as well that I've, I've seen and it happens in college squashes too many people too many people want to win on a cheap stroke mm. and it always yeah. just ends in a let ball and then they argue about well he's in my way or she's in my way it's like okay well it's either going to be a lot more no let so they you know play the ball or they 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 start moving around each other a little bit more as opposed to they they want to win on a on a on a on an ugly stroke or a cheap stroke or something rather you know that's you know yeah I'd say more juniors uh, should be out there watching a lot of Rami's uh, old matches because they you know they're going to learn a lot about not only how to you know play tremendous squash but the, yeah. the temperament and the the you know what it means to be a squash player and how how to play it with the right spirit because yeah. he certainly did that yeah of course he did yeah. Yeah. You know, and that's that's a thing of, of players being confident in um, their ability to go and play whatever shot. Mm. You know, if, if you know if somebody hits the ball really tight against the side wall, and you try and create interference because you don't want to go play that ball because you know you can't hit a good shot off of it, and you're going to be on the defense. Well, that's the nature of the game. Or if you hit the ball in the middle of the court and your opponent, you know, he takes the ball in early. And you're out the way, and then you you know you, you're outplayed. That's the nature of the game. It's the nature of the game, you know. So, you know, hopefully with the video replay, it's uh, you know it cleans the game up because it's it's a game that you know we're all trying over here. We're, we're you know we, I want to get into an NCAA. If you got into an NCAA mm -hmm. squash in America, all over America, it, it, would, it would it would go off like wildfire. It's huge on the East Coast. It's getting you know slowly pushed out west and 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 uh, and, and everywhere else and down south, but it's really squash is really really saturated on the east coast, which is which is a great problem to have because um, yeah. you got a lot of squash and you got a lot of facilities being built and you got a lot of juniors playing um, and get into Olympics, get into yeah. Olympics and if, you know if that happens then you know we're all winners you know then, then Billie Jean can help pull a few strings for us right what's that 
maybe Billie Jean King can help uh, pull a few strings. That was a huge endorsement there. Huge uh, endorsement for the game to see her at the front, yeah, front row and 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 watch every day in day out, and then be open to have interviews and conversations about squash and you know it's you know Matt, there was an article on uh, Facebook the other day of um, um, Hamilton yeah you know Formula One you know yeah. he's he's uh, he played squash and he was he was working out a squash court you yeah. know there, there, there's you know imagine we can have them as as not just it's because of them being ambassadors to squash but it's it's other athletes that see how good the sport is really, you know, and, and then it, it, des- it deserves to be in, in the Olympics. You know, uh, the players nowadays deserve to be playing off for a gold medal uh, as an Olympian. You well, know, the fact that she just, she spoke so highly, uh, especially of the women, I think it was Gohar and uh, Sherbini. She spoke highly of, uh, you know, just the, the athleticism, the skill, you know, the, the competitive uh, drive that they all had. She was so impressed with it. Uh, yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah well, it's, it's awesome to see. Yeah, so you know, hopefully there's another boost to to get squash, you know, in the Olympics or the NCAA, some somewhere along the line where it's 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 uh, you know, it's it's up there with with the rest of the sports where it, where it should be. Definitely. Well, uh, well, Johnny, I just want to wish you and the dragons go. To, is it what? What's the the hashtag? Go dragons. Go dragons. Yeah, go dragons. Go dragons. Yeah, I'll be uh, rooting for you guys next year. Uh, really enjoyed chatting with you today. I'm playing squash uh, tomorrow, and on my court, uh, there are three big pictures. I, I didn't put them there. Three big uh, kind of posters on the back wall. One's of JP, yeah. one's of uh, Dave Palmer, and then the best one is of you. And I don't know, probably, it looks like you, you kind of, they took your picture doing it. It looks like you're 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 jumping up in the air and hitting a forehand like a like a badminton smash. I don't know oh, if you is know. That, is that is that with one that it was a uh, I had a Prince blue shirt on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was in, I was one. in New Zealand. So if that's the one, I was in New Zealand with uh, with Glenn Wilson. We did a uh, a New Zealand a junior trip, so we took a bunch of American kids across to New Zealand for three weeks, okay. and on one of the courts. Um, the court. What was the court we played on? It was one of the ones where you can you where you can look over the side walls as well, like a yeah. really old like cement court, black glass okay. back, but the side walls. Side one of the people kids. could watch from there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's one of the kids who on the camp. He was a photographer, and he was he was taking pictures, and he he took that camera. He took that picture. Was that in the game? Like forehead. Was that live, like part of a match? It wasn't that was part of a, part of a part of an exhibition match. I was doing. Awesome. Yeah, was he showed a- me that. He showed me that after the match. Wow, yeah. oh, that, that's a great picture. So that's something that inspires me every time I, I hit the courts, John. That's awesome. It's awesome. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, have, have a good hit tomorrow. Send me a picture of that one on the front wall, then. I will. Well, I'll, actually, we'll use that as the profile picture for for the podcast. Oh, that's but awesome. I'll try, I'll try to do that. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, buddy. Uh, All right, Jerry. Thanks very much, buddy. All right, mate. Take care. We'll do it again whenever you're ready. Well, I'm still buzzing after that one. Uh, Many thanks to John White and congratulations to him and the men and women's Drexel Dragons teams, particularly the women getting all the way to the uh, college squash final, the Howe Cup final, and uh, uh, doing a a darn good job of giving Harvard a very tough time there, despite the the scoreline might not demonstrate that, as I mentioned earlier. But uh, 
excellent, excellent season for them. And uh, appreciate John coming on and look forward uh, to having him on again. He said he'd do it any time, so I'm going to take him up on that uh, at the next chance. Um, now, just uh, right now, we're just watching the British Open. I actually just watched game three there of uh, Marwan Al-Sherbagi and Miz and Hisham. And Hisham, of course, firing a... Uh, cross-court backhand volley nick to win uh, game three uh interesting squash marijuana is really just just trying to straighten it out and move uh keep the rallies going and move um Maison around uh but Maison's moving around uh and very well at that i get i missed the first game where i apparently had some sort of uh he wasn't moving well at all maybe had an injury or something but seems to have uh, rediscovered how to move uh uh, within a matter of uh, a game or two. So um, anyways, going into the fourth game in that one, watched uh, the match last night between Ferris Tosuki, um, Mustafa Asal, also saw a bit of the Rodriguez make an upset, which was uh, amazing. I sort of saw that, uh, you know, I saw the first couple of games there and it looked like, uh, I'm not sure if those uh, non, the, the, the non-glass uh, courts uh, suit Macon or, or suit uh, Rodriguez or not, but Rodriguez was moving around, placing the ball well. He, I really find that he controls the ball so well. He can do so much with it, move, uh, places the ball really well, and he was doing that, uh, moving around, making, uh, and just uh, you know the rallies seemed to favor him uh, quite a bit there. But uh, the the Asal Dasuki match was uh, unbelievable. I mean, I just don't see you know Ferris is uh, such a talented player, and I I don't understand why he would resort to the type of behavior that. Uh, that occurred last night in that match. Now, it seems to happen a lot in Mustafa's matches, but I think some players, anyways, tend to try to play the referees, and, th- and that seems to be uh, what happened there. Uh, there was really nothing that Mustafa did uh, uh, to Ferris to, to warrant what the, the reactions that he had, the uh, you know rolling around on the floor. He did get very, very close to uh, Mustafa on a number of occasions while he was hitting the ball, and that obviously, uh, you know, with a backswing or with a, a shoulder or an elbow or follow through is going to you know you're going to get clipped if you're that close and uh, it, it did happen a couple of times but uh, Ferris does in my estimation uh, he could be the best player in the world if he you know can just keep to his squash uh, if he was able to to play squash the way he he can without you know getting into these types of incidents without getting into his own head uh, then he he can win these matches he could have very easily won that match but then he Sort of, uh, he lost the plot there uh, towards the end. Mustafa kept his cool throughout the match, I must say. He was very uh, even-tempered, even-keel, never got really upset with the referees, gave a few glances, a very, you know, spoke to the rest, but in a, you know, didn't raise his voice, uh, was very respectful of it all. Uh, his celebration at the end, uh, you know, we everyone has their opinions on that, uh, but that is what it is. The match was over. He won. Uh, Ferris didn't shake his hand so he you know I guess took issue with that in his own way but um, a good win for him and uh, also another a good win for uh, Diego Elias last night uh, coming back from two love down again uh, Yusuf uh, Ibrahim showing showing us just uh, how dangerous he's going to be once he uh, hits the tour uh, full time uh, he's going to be uh, ruining that uh, that defeat for a little while I think but Diego uh, good for him to hang in there and uh, eke it out there at the end so uh, on the women's side uh, Noren Gohar looking uh, pretty strong but the uh, Hanyel Hamami uh, 
uh, is looking uh, looking strong as well. Gina Kennedy having uh, a couple of good wins. Joel King's going to be uh, tough to beat, but uh, my money is on Noran, and she uh, she's looking uh, pretty good. Although uh, last night, I believe, yeah. Um, who did she play last night again? Oh yeah, uh, Siv Subramanian uh, gave her a good a good go for a few games. And I think uh, Siva's game sort of. Uh you know, she's, she likes to hit the ball pretty hard as well. And she's quite deceptive uh, in the front court, uh, sort of an unorthodox uh, uh, style, very effective style uh, with her front court game. And she's not afraid to hit the ball, uh, wasn't afraid to hit the ball with Noran and uh, was able to handle her pace, I think, a little bit better than a lot of the girls. But uh, to no avail, um, Noran came through that fairly comfortably after a tough second game. First game was also close. But uh, anyways, uh, looking forward to the rest of the British Open. I hope you're watching uh, and enjoying it as well, enjoying your squash. And we'll be back very, very soon. We're going to have an episode on the Canadian National Championships, which are going to be held in a few weeks' time. That'll be coming up soon. With uh, Hopefully, we're going to have Dean Brown on again. Dean Brown of uh, Super Squash Saturdays. Remember when uh, JP uh, took on Diego Elias there for a few weekends and uh, Dean was doing the color commentary. Uh, he'll be back on and uh, we've got a couple of other big surprises as well. With any luck, uh, hopefully they, they come to fruition. But uh, all the best to every one of you. Please leave a like, a comment, a tweet. Uh, throw a, a few coins in the hat if you, uh, if you can there on the SoundCloud uh, page. There's a PayPal link you can drop in the hat if, if you so desire. And uh, again, once again, take care. All the best with your squash. And we'll be talking to you very soon. Goodbye now.